welcome to the Remote Work Drive podcast with your host, Jessica Malnick. Stay tuned to learn how to manage remote teams that are effective, collaborative, and happy. So today I'm here with Brian. Can you, for those in my audience who might not know who you are, can you share your name, kind of what you're working on? Um, yeah. Shout out. Yeah, Jessica, thanks for having me on. Um, so uh, I'm Brian Castle. Uh, most of the world pronounces it Cassell, but it's it's Castle, <laughs> even though it's not spelled that way. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, today uh, I am the founder of zipmessage.com. Uh, that's a tool for uh, probably a, t- a topic that's pretty relevant to your podcast and audience here. It, it's for asynchronous conversations uh, using video, screen sharing, camera, microphone or text. Um, and it's just a really easy way to uh, send a link back and forth to anyone on your team or people outside of your team, like freelancers or clients or customers. And it's a really uh, easy, frictionless way to go back and forth. So uh, I've been working on this. It's, it's fairly new. Uh, we're talking here in October 2021. And so we started, or, or I mean, I started uh, Zip Message uh, right around January 1st of 2021. Um, but it's off to a, a pretty uh, exciting and, and fun start this year. Um, pretty good traction, and uh, we just actually raised a, a bit of funding for for Zip Message. I say we, but it's I'm the solo founder, and I, I do have a, a very small team right now. It's actually just me and, and a developer, um, a couple of you know marketing people helping out here and there. But um, before that, and recently, I just exited uh, the business that I have been uh, working on for the last six and a half years. That was called Audience Ops, and that was uh, a productized service business um, doing content as a service. And uh, so that was a lot of fun to you know, bootstrap and grow and had a, a fully remote team of, uh, at the time I exited, it was around 25 people, you know, mostly writers and uh, uh, managers and uh, you know, assistance and, and that sort of thing. A very big focus on process and uh, and and systems and and you know operating procedures and lots and lots of remote communication. So that was that was pretty important. Um, yeah, I mean the the story goes back further than that, but I'll I'll just leave it there for now. <laughs> awesome! Congrats again with uh, audience ops. One kind of there are several follow up questions from that, but one thing is is I feel like you are a really great example of like using the stair step method um, of going from like services to SaaS um, and kind of going on the way. Can you maybe talk a little bit more about like kind of your journey at the beginning and then what led you to a productized service to kind of building out SaaS companies? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a really strong believer in the stair step approach. Um, I believe Rob Walling, you know, made that uh, pretty popular. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I, I think the one thing that I, I think I should clarify at least in my experience, um, but I, I think others probably relate to this, is that you know you think about the stair step approach, and it 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 seems like it should be a very linear, a direct staircase. Like you do one thing, and then you do another, and then you do another, and it's a nice organized pathway to to getting to to somewhere else. Um, and I, in my experience, it's much more uh, meandering than that <laughs> and, and a little bit random, um, and, uh, different things leading in, in different directions. And so, yeah, like going further back, uh, I, I started as a front end web developer and always had more of a focus on like the, the design side of creating things on the web, you know, um, designing websites, web pages, 
copywriting and then and then being able to build those things. And only in, in more recent years, I, I shifted kind of building on that to, to go more full stack. And so over the years, I've, I've sort of meandered in b- between freelancing for a while, uh, building up like small agency type businesses, uh, then productized service businesses, uh, various software tools. I've, I've also created courses and I've been a podcaster for many years. So I've, I've sort of uh, done a lot of different things and learned a ton about all these different types of, uh, of business models and learning how to you know, market and bootstrap and, and build products that, that customers want. Um, that's a never ending learning process. So um, yeah, and I think you know, one, you know, for, for those businesses that I've really stuck with for, for multiple years, it's usually each one was a learning, was based on a learning from the previous business. You know, so I talked about how I did audience ops for the last six and a half years. Before that, I, I did a business called Restaurant Engine for about four years. I, I bootstrapped that and, and sold it in 2015. That was like a website builder for uh, restaurants and then hotels. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I kind of like moved from that into, uh, into audience ops and, you know, with a lot of other little products and product ideas uh, sprung up along the way. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like one aspect that isn't talked about so much is kind of the mindset shifts that happen like when you're like with processes, processes, systems, and like leadership in general, what were some of kind of the key like mindset shifts you've had along the way when it comes to like leveling up as a leader? Yeah, I think, um, let's see, when it, when it comes to, you know, working with teams and uh, first of all, I have always been remote. Like, I mean, I've been self-employed for the last, I don't know, 13 years or more. And for that entire time, I've been completely remote with all the people that I work with. Uh, before that, I did work in-house in a, in a web design agency in, uh, in New York City um, before I, I went freelance. Uh, but you know, once, I, once I went out on my own in 2008, um, uh, remote is, is the only thing that has sort of made sense. And throughout that time, there, there have been some times where I had some full-time employees, but for the most part, like the vast majority, I've been working with freelancers and contractors, but especially in um, audience ops, a lot of them became multi-year collaboration, like multi-year retainers and part-time roles uh, where it was just a really good working relationship that, that, I, that I think was a win-win for everybody that I work with. And that, that's, that's always my goal is when I'm working with someone. I mean, I always try to find the most talented, um, best people to work with. Uh, but ultimately it has to be a really good situation for them too. Like I want to be their, literally, I want to be their best client that they've ever had. That That's usually my goal when I work with someone. And, uh, you know, that means like paying on time every single time. That means being a good communicator, not being a bottleneck, you know, not taking forever. Cause I've, I've worked with clients throughout my career too. I know how, how, how annoying they can be about those kinds of things. Um, and so I just want to make it a really good. Uh, working relationship, and and then of course doing really, really good work together. Um, and so that that's sort of what I what I look for no matter what. Um, in terms of process, I think I think process. I just exited a business where we were extremely process oriented, and processes were really really important in the audience ops business. But that's not to say that they're always incredibly important in every single type of business. Like for example, in my current business, 
uh, zip message, which is a SaaS product and it's a very young SaaS product, you know, process isn't that important to us right now. I mean, we have a development process that we follow in terms of designing and building and deploying new features to the app. But in terms of collaborating with a team, it's not like we're um, running on, on clockwork where, every, where things are happening exactly the same way every single week, week in, week out throughout the year. It, it, right now, it's in a much more creative and, and fluid state. We're just you know building a lot of assets and shipping and and uh, and making fast adjustments based on the market and and how the product is shaping up. Um, so processes has has sort of taken a back seat. But in the previous business, audience opt, it was completely dependent on process. I mean, we had writers and copy editors and assistants, you know, churning out articles and deliverables and newsletters and socials for clients. You know, we we'd be doing like fifty to hundred of those every single week. Um, so it has to run on a process, otherwise it's just not doable um and so that so so that that really evolved uh, over the years and, and we got more and more sophisticated with it and, and all, all that sort of stuff absolutely can you talk a little bit more about like when to default to async for synchronous communication yeah um this is something i love thinking about and talking about these days since uh you know zip message is all about async i i don't know if this is my just my management style and, and the way I, I like to work with people. I, I'm just personally pretty minimal when it comes to meetings at all and, and calls. Um, I'm not, I, I, I do think that they're important um, to have, but not, I, in my opinion, at least for my style, just not nearly as many as most businesses do. Like I think most meetings are, are unnecessary. Where, where I think that they are necessary, in my opinion, are um, one is, is, is when you're first meeting someone, like, like if you're hiring someone for the first time, if you're in the interviewing process, I'd say early on, it's good to have like a meet, meet and greet. And, and that's more about figuring out if there's a personal connection with this person. Like, do you, do you gel with them? Like, do you have chemistry in terms of how you're speaking to each other? Um, you, you can get, you know, th there's other things that you'll check up on in the hiring process, like their skills, their portfolio, um, their experience, uh, whether the, the, you know, the structure of the engagement might, might make sense for everybody, but all of that, like, yeah, you can touch on it in a live call, but I, I found that a lot of that can be kind of hammered out in an asynchronous back and forth conversation, especially if you're talking to multiple candidates. So I, I like short calls where it's just about kind of, you know, shooting the the breeze and, and, uh, and meeting the person and seeing what they're all about. And then once you're working with the team and, and team members, same, same thing, like, like once every week or two, it's good to connect live on a call just for the personal aspect. And that's more important when you're remote, even than, than when you're in person, because you, you know, you don't have those random in-person encounter encounters in an office. So you do need to kind of have that like personal connection. But I think when it comes to actually hashing out work, like giving feedback on specific work items, asking for, or, or giving like to-dos or tasks or analyzing results or reports, I think a lot of that can and, and often should be, be happening asynchronously um, because it it doesn't need to eat up so much time in everybody's day, obviously, but I think also it, I find asynchronous to be actually a much more productive way of communicating 
So like on, on zip message or whatever tools you're using to send messages back and forth, you know, I, I find it's a good way to actually step back and be able to digest the other person's previous message and then take some time to think about how you're going to respond, maybe even record it once and then re-record it a second time. So it's a little bit tighter so that you get your message across in a better, clearer way. You know, you can't do that sort of things that, that sort of like self-editing or prepping when you're live on a zoom call and, and you're kind of put on the spot. So I, I think that it, you know, oftentimes, especially when you're talking about like creative work, um, collaborations, it can be, I, I think async can be leveraged a lot more than, than most uh, teams are, are leveraging it. And I mean, you know, Slack is great for like quick chats and quick questions here and there. I wouldn't say that's, that's for like full high fidelity meetings. Uh, but you know, things like, like zip message, obviously, you know, give you the opportunity to actually go on video and share your screen and, and share your voice and that sort of thing. So, so you can do all that asynchronously without having to, you know, have it have like the zoom fatigue or, or have somebody in a crazy time zone, wake up late, you know, wake up early or, or go up late and that kind of stuff. You just said something really interesting there, which was like asynchronous communication can actually kind of like make you more thoughtful and extreme on your thinking process. And by, um, in a way that you really can't do on a zoom call or, you know, on the spot. Yeah. However, like, it is definitely a mindset shift, especially for, you know, a remote employee, an in-person, especially, and even a remote employee who is used to kind of that meeting culture. What are some yeah. of the traits that, you know, somebody needs to develop to become better communicating asynchronously? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it can be, it, it's definitely something it's still a shift. Um, it's still relatively new. Although I'd say people in, in our industry, it's becoming a lot more normal to, to send video messages to people and, and that sort of thing. But, but yeah, if, if you are, if you are new to it, it, you do have to get a little bit used to, well, I mean, typing in, in Slack and, or emails, I mean, that's asynchronous. That's been around for decades, right? Email. Um, but, but, you know, uh, an, an email is just fine in, in certain situations, but you know, you don't get the full fidelity of the message across unless you're on on video. So yeah, that could take a little bit of getting used to being, being you know, getting used to like recording yourself and speaking uh, succinctly and, and that sort of thing. Um, but again, you have the freedom and the flexibility to record it once. I actually like to record my message once, play it back before I send it. And, and then oftentimes just re-record it and say, I could, I could say that a little bit tighter. You know, um, and and you know you do that enough times, you start to have to do it less, and you can fire off those messages a lot quicker. So, um, you know, one of those things like just practice makes makes perfect and, and makes it more comfortable. The other thing that I'll mention is that I think, in my experience, a lot of the people that I speak to, um, like people that I hire or or from what I see in other teams, is like the employees themselves or the contractors or freelancers themselves. They usually appreciate the async nature. I mean, any, any opportunity to not hang around on a long zoom call is, is a, is a nice relief. It's usually actually the managers who need a little bit more coaxing into, Oh, okay. We don't have to have everything be a, a live call, a, a live meeting or a live zoom call or something like that. Like to, and you know, the other thing that I'll mention about, about async is that, you know, when you have these 30, 60 plus meetings on zoom think about all the content that was recorded 
or if, if it was even being recorded, but, but all the content that was talked about in a, in a meeting like that, I mean, a lot of times that's sort of lost. I mean, unless somebody is taking like crazy notes the whole time, you know, how are you going to really remember and, and refer back to what was said? I, I think it's a little bit easier to, to kind of link back to specific short messages um, and see, oh, that was that thing that they showed me on, on screen, it, you know, um, instead of kind of scrolling to like minute 28 in, in, a, in a long Zoom call, you know. That is a really, really great point. Um, when it, like when you're, when, whenever you're hiring people and given the fact that, you know, async communication is such a big factor, are there things that you look for when you're screening candidates, whether that's a freelancer, a contractor, or an employee to figure out, okay, this person kind of gets this style and is going to like drive well within your company holder. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I have been, you know, hiring various roles over the last, uh, for the past year in, in different things. And I have used um, zip message for a lot of the uh, interviewing. And, and like I said, what I usually do is, is, is a brief live call just to meet them personally. And then if, if that goes well, then we'll probably spend the next week going back and forth asynchronously, uh, giving me like a deep dive on their recent work and how they approach certain types of work and, and how, and then I can get a really good understanding of, from them. And, and then a lot of that is them asking me questions about the role, about the company, the goals, and seeing if there's a fit here, you know? And because again, like a lot of your initial questions, whether you're the person hiring or the person looking to, to land a position, they won't be apparent to you live on the first call. You'll probably learn more and more slowly as you dig into it a little bit more. And so that's where, you know, dripping out these conversations over a week can, can actually be really, really helpful. Um, shifting gears a yeah. bit, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And which <laughs> do you think makes better leaders on remote teams? Um, yeah, I'm definitely an introvert. Um, I might not seem that way sometimes online, but like in real life, in the real world, uh, I'm very, very introverted. Um, uh, I'm usually like the quietest person in, in the in, in the in the school functions or the or the party that I'm at or whatever it might be. You know, it's only when I'm around people that I'm comfortable with or I've known a, a long time uh, that I tend to open up. And that and and these days it, that tends to be these, you know, in in our industry. I mean, I I love hanging out at, at these like tiny conferences uh, that that I put on with a couple of uh, founder friends. And, and so that's where I like to really open up and, and talk openly with other entrepreneurs and, and people. And then um, doing that a little bit more at scale uh, through, through my podcast and on Twitter and stuff. And that, that's where I do um, open up and connect with people who are working on the same kinds of things that I'm working on. So that, that's always really fun for me. Um, in the team atmosphere, actually, to be honest, I'm also pretty introverted. Um, Something that I, I've always wanted to get better at, and, and I don't think I have, is uh, is just being really good at like fostering a really strong culture. It's something that I want to learn and, and get better at. I think with with having very very few face to face meetings and doing most things asynchronous, we have relied on things like just posting photos of our family and vacations and and fun stuff like into Slack and let's chat about them there and and stuff like that. And occasionally I've done some meetups with with team members, but you know right now I'm sort of in a reset mode, like growing a brand new company again, um, kind of from the ground up. So it's early days, but as I grow grow out this team, which will be smaller than than my previous team, 
um, I would like to do more to just have more fun, more hangouts, more, more, you know, getting to know the, the team a little bit better. Um, I don't know that that happens asynchronously. I think again, it's, that's where live stuff, uh, can be more useful is developing the personal relationships, but the work communication, I, I think I, I just prefer it to be asynchronous. What are some of the ways that either you've personally experienced or have kind of seen other companies do that have like done a really good job of like building a team culture in like a very collaborative work environment? Almost like the, the majority of the way asynchronously. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that sort of thing, like, like team retreats is something that a lot of my friends do with, with their remote teams. Um, and I'm always sort of jealous that they have like that team size and the business that could support uh, that sort of thing. So, so that again, that, that is um, a goal of mine. And, and from what I can observe of those is that, you know, when you talk about these team retreats, people think of that about them like, oh, that's a, that's a work trip where they're working together on something. But, but in my observation and, and from what I understand, it's much more about having fun together. Like that's literally the point. You could do work back when you're home, but but it's about developing the strong relationships and having fun together that will ultimately result in you doing better work together later when you're when you're back at home. Uh, I think it's also kind of fun and interesting to to attend a conference with your team, and, and so like having like the conference sort of be the anchor or the reason you fly to a certain city. So you do the conference and then maybe tack on a few few extra days with with the team. That that's an that's another interesting model. I should say like, like kind of looking back um, years ago when I was full-time employed at an in-house agency, this was not remote and not uh, asynchronous. Uh, we were a small team in New York um, and we did a lot of fun things together. Like that was a really fun little um, agency to, to work for. Um, you know, we, we went to like concerts in New York together. Like at one point uh, my, my boss, like, brought us all down to Atlantic city and, and put us all up in a hotel. And that was a lot of fun. And, you know, we would do, do dinners and drinks out, out in the city and like that, that kind of stuff. And we like all day long, like in the office, we would be talking about like music and whatever else we're into, like while we're working. So um, any way to, to recreate that in the remote environment, which again, I, I think the, the shared experiences probably happen in those sort of team trips and, and retreats. But I think day to day, um, whether it's like sharing like Spotify playlists or chatting more about family and, and vacations and foot and especially using photos and posting those into Slack. I mean, that, that kind of stuff really matters people kind of think about it like, Oh, it's wasting time or it's, you know, it's not work, but I, I, I see that as very much work. Like you're, you're learning about the people that you're working with and that that's pretty important. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I've never really understood the companies that crack down on water cooler talk because that's actually how you build that trust um, in relationships that actually make the uh, work actually that much better. Do you think like, I feel like a lot of the companies that are doing async really, really well tend to be smaller startups, maybe mid-size. Do you see like larger companies and corporations actually getting to the stage where they're actually going to start embracing asynchronously even either like themselves or reluctantly being dragged into it? Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I don't have a lot of experience working at huge companies, um, but, uh, but I do see some, some fairly large companies using ZipMessage and I, and I talk to them and I see how they're, how they're using it. 
And so usually as the team grows, that's where I see um, the founders and the managers uh, start to feel the, the pain of having way too many live calls. And that's, that's why they start to make the move toward asynchronous. And I'm seeing that happen every day. Um, much more, I mean, you know, our industry is usually at the cutting edge of that, that sort of shift, but I think it's, I think it's going to continue to shift in, in other industries as well. Um, I mean, we already see lots of companies who, who aren't fully going back to, uh, you know, if, if they were, had these like big offices pre COVID, a lot of them are going back to just partial weeks in the office. Some of them are remaining remote, you know, um, long-term. So I think as the, the, the companies that come out of that really well are the ones who will not just try to recreate the in-office experience of having meetings and talking to people all the time, um, not trying to recreate that in the remote space, but actually embracing remote and what it means. I mean, you know, the, another thing that, that tends to bother me is when companies always expect your team to be like at the computer certain exact hours of the day. I could see where that makes sense. Like if you're like in a sales role and you need to have, be having calls during during particular hours, um, but most roles, e even including sales, it doesn't matter which hour of the day you're actually working. <laughs> you know, like as long as the work is getting done and and being delivered on time and 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 you're contributing. Like, I, I don't like the idea of, of like management sort of like watching that you clock in at nine o'clock and you clock out at five o'clock that, that that has never really made sense to me either um that's never made sense to me either and i feel like it's a relic of the old school industrial revolution type of manager yeah yeah for sure kind of shifting gears a little bit more which was what's maybe the most important leadership lesson you've kind of learned uh in your career hmm let's see I think one of the things is um, really the thing that I look for in anybody that I ever hire, no matter what role it is, what skill it is, the, the, the number one skill that I'm looking for is their communication. And, and I sort of just look for people who really value that, whether they're a developer, a designer, a, a writer, whoever it is, assistant, like um, if they can communicate clearly and, and consistently, um, I think it's going to work out really well. And, and I try to be, uh, I try to do the same thing and, and, um, you know, not inundate, inundate them with tons and tons of messages and long, long, long emails. Like I try to keep that to a minimum, but I, I try to just go above and beyond to be super clear and give them everything that they need. I try to like, really my goal as a manager with anyone that I work with is to make their job super easy and set them up to hit it out of the park. Um, whatever I can do to, to, to just like lob a, <laughs> like, like the baseball analogy to like lob a, a, a slow pitch right over the plate so that they could hit it. Like that's, that's what I want to do. You know, I'm not going to try to make it harder just to make it challenging or anything like that. Like the goal is to make it really easy. So I, so I try to give them all the key information that they would need up front. Um, I try to be fast with, with with giving feedback and helping to redirect them if if they're if they're looking for direction, and then I and then I just want to sort of like get out of the way and let them do their thing. Um, and that's that's kind of what I look for. Yeah, that's a great approach, and I could be chatting about this for a really long time. But a few lightning round questions that I always like to ask: If you had to write 
a book tomorrow, what would you write it on? Oof. Well, I'm definitely not going to write a book tomorrow. <laughs> um, what would I write it on? Um, I, I feel like lately I, I have been talking about this like asynchronous communication thing a lot. And I have been doing some writing on it. I plan to do more writing about that uh, on, on Zip Message. But, you know, the thing that I love to talk about, especially when I go on podcasts, is um, I don't know if there's a, there's a book idea in this, but like the one idea that I always like to share, and we, and we talked about it early on with the stair-step approach, is if you're, if you're early in your career, just do a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of people who will say like, oh, you got to focus, you got to, you know, it, it takes years to build a successful business. And that's definitely true. And focus definitely helps. Um, but the earlier you are, the earlier you are, the, the lower on that staircase that you are, I think the more important it is to actually just do more things. And if you're a freelancer or a consultant and you get paid by the hour, like, yes, obviously charge for your time when you're working with clients, but also carve out time to do stuff for free and not, not for other people, do stuff for yourself. I mean, Jessica, you're, you're doing this, uh, the, the remote work tribe podcast. Like, I don't think anybody is paying you directly for, for the time that we're on this call right now. Right. Like this is something that you're doing that's extra, but that, that is helping you grow, um, in multiple different ways. And that, that's what I think more people should be doing. Uh, you know, just create projects, write a short book, write, make a course, put up a funny website, make a podcast, do stuff that you're not getting paid for because it will result in connections and introductions and growing your network and more people seeing what you're doing. And that's, that's a really important thing to do early on. Absolutely. Um, kind of dovetailing on that, which is what's one book that you recommend that anyone, especially a first time manager or should read? Um, the one that made a, a really big impact for me when I read it, this is over 10 years ago now is, um, the e-myth, uh, by, by Michael Gerber. Um, I was a freelancer at the time, you know, doing a lot of web design projects, very different from, from one to the next. And he was the first one who his book really got me thinking in terms of systems and making everything predictable. And that's what led, uh, a couple of years later into, you know, the idea of productized services and, taking a service and, and focusing it down um, so that it's very repeatable. And then ultimately that is what makes it uh, more hireable. Like you could hire people to fill the roles in your processes. That, that, that was what sort of like unlocked that path of, um, of getting to a point where, it, where I know who I need to hire um, to do what job because it's something that happens repeatedly. That, that sort of like paved the way for that, I think. Yeah, it's a great book and actually was the first book I read when I made decisions go completely out on my own. And a final question that I had, which is, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose and why? Oh, man. Um, I should have prepared for these. <laughs> People like to like to hate on, on them sometimes, but I, I still get super inspired by listening to uh, to clips of Steve Jobs talking about random stuff, and especially like earlier presentations that that you might find on YouTube from him, I mean, just whatever this 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 idea get this term gets thrown around, but like genius is uh, 
I think describes it pretty well. Um, the you know I, I heard him like talking about how they were like relaunching Apple in in the early days uh, or when when he returned to Apple and trying to re, re you know remake the brand and and um, uh, that sort of like caught my caught my attention the other day. So anything you can Google early Steve Jobs quotes that that's always uh, that's always really inspiring at least to me. Absolutely. And is there any question you wish I would have asked? Um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always just a fan of, of podcasts in general and, and going on other people's podcasts and answering uh, any questions, trying to be as open as I can. So um, uh, yeah, awesome. if there's any questions that, that anybody has for me, you know, feel free to shoot them my way on, on Twitter or happy to answer. Awesome. And where is the best place that listeners of my show can find you online? Yeah, so I'm on uh, Twitter. It's it's Cast Jam, C A S J A M, and um, and the the website that the the you know the product that I'm working on is ZipMessage.com, and uh, that, those are the best places to to reach me. You could also send me a Zip message message. <laughs> go go to ZipMessage.com/slash/Brian. That's my link to uh, to record a message for me, and that'll start an async conversation with me. Awesome! Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Jessica. This is fun. Thank you for listening to the Remote Work Drive podcast. Please visit our site, theremoteworkdrive.com, to learn more about remote work trends and insights.